This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And good morning, golfers. It is a Saturday morning, and it is, uh, if you are like most people, you have been up for a while watching one of the uh, big events of every two years, the Ryder Cup going on here. Bob Weeks in studio alongside producer Adam Scully. And we have a Ryder Cup jammed show. Lots of guests. Mm -hmm. Lots to get to. A beautiful day. Uh, Mr. Scully, you've been here since 2 a.m.? Wait, yes, the alarm went off at one thirteen this morning. One thirteen. Yeah, that gives so, you exactly enough minute time to get in here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's the, the six hour time change. It's a little crazy, but the time goes by when you're watching golf, and the Europeans were dominant. Yes, I joined you around four yep. o'clock, about four hours ago, and we yep. were uh, we were well. I was here yesterday to watch the end. Of, I was here all day yesterday. You were here on that crazy shift you had, mm-hmm. and uh, boy, after the opening round. On Thursday, on Friday morning, I thought, okay, this is going to be pretty good, but I think the Americans are going to take it. And since then, it has just been this blue wave that's washed across it. If you have uh, been sleeping in, I'm sure you haven't, but just in case you have, <laughs> the uh, European team now holds an eight to four lead after going three and one this morning in the four balls. The foursomes are uh, underway in the afternoon. We're going to get right into that um, in a moment, but. Um, I don't know, just opening impressions. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to think that the U.S. held a 3 nothing lead uh, on Friday morning. They won the first three matches, and the Europeans stormed back to win the next eight. Yeah. Eight matches in a row, which is unprecedented uh, in the Ryder Cup. We saw some bizarre things, especially Friday afternoon, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, Phil... Um, some uh, some errant shots. Yeah. Uh, that the, the Shambo pairing just didn't seem to work well with him. He's just not striking it well. Bubba Watson's ill. Like he's got some sort of Captain cold. America is now like Captain, Captain America. That was this morning. <laughs> exactly. That was some of the you know Tiger was essentially by himself. Yeah. He was playing against Mollywood as they're calling them now. Molinari right. and Fleetwood. That's it's right. it, it's been thrilling, but uh, eight to four is a big deficit now. All right, we're going to get into a lot more Ryder Cup throughout the program today. Uh, we do have some stuff, other stuff to talk we about. It. We're going to be joined by um, senior golf producer Jamie Rydell. He's mm-hmm. going to stop in. We're going to hear from Scott Vale, who uh, is a longtime caddy on the PGA Tour, spent many years on the bag of Brant Snedeker and was uh, a part of a number of Ryder Cups, so he can take us behind the scenes a little bit. And, of course, we'll hear from Mark Sacchino, who's down in Washington playing in a member guest at Congressional. Oh, How about that? He is playing the Congressional Golf and Country Club and uh, enjoying himself a little break from all his uh, work that he does here, there, and everywhere. So we'll check in with him and get his thoughts a little bit later in the show. Hmm. But to kick things off, let's go with some news and headlines. News and Headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and 7 U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. Well, we'll do a little bit of non-Ryder Cup news here, and uh, I know it's hard to believe because the PGA Tour season has been off for so long, (laughs) but it starts again next week. (laughs) <laughs> and there are seven Canadians in the field. How about that? That's pretty good. It's a great time for uh, Canadian golf. Uh, we, we saw some good play down the stretch. You know, Roger Sloan, Adam Svensson, Ben Silverman, of course, uh, getting their cards for the PGA Tour season. 
Uh, we got to be cautiously optimistic. I mean, hopefully Graham Dillette can, uh, his back is, you know, who knows where he's at right now. I know he was optimistic going into the summer, had to go into the knife again. Uh, but there's a bunch of Canadians, seven in fact, as you said, playing next week, which is, it's just a good time to be a Canadian golf fan for it's sure. It's the Safeway Open. It's the season opener for the 2018-2019 yep. year. And a lot of guys, of course, will try and get a big jump start on the season. A couple of these guys just finished up last week in the Web.com Tour Finals, Roger Sloan and Ben Silverman who punched their card. So here are the seven Canadians who are going to play uh, next week. David Hearn, Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, Nick Taylor, uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Roger Sloan, and Ben Silverman. So that's a pretty good swath. Now, I was trying to remember the most Canadians in a field outside of the Canadian Open. Mm -hmm. And I think seven is the number that I I recall that uh, the most. I know this event usually gets quite a few. It has had six before. I know that. I was down there one, maybe two years ago one time because we thought Tiger was going to actually play there. And I boarded the plane and Tiger was playing. When I landed, Tiger wasn't playing. And it was Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, so we kind of missed a, yeah. my Thanksgiving dinner. Thank you, Tiger. Yeah, thanks, Tiger. But uh, it's great to see these guys get a good start, get a jump on the season, hopefully uh, put some money in their in their bank accounts. Yeah, you mentioned a good start to the season, and we've seen in the past Canadians take advantage of the fall series. Mackenzie Hughes, of course, wins the RSM Classic two years ago You know, to get, his, to get a two-year exemption. Nick Taylor did the same thing at the Sanderson Farms in 2014 as well. So we've seen the past Canadians... You know, get a great start to the season because, as as we now know in the FedEx Cup playoffs, the fall series is crucial to get a good head start once uh, once we turn into 2019. Very much so, very much so. Um, and one of the guys, Ben Silverman, actually, who had some status in that 126 to 150 category. That's where David Hearn was last year. Mm-hmm. Got about 20 starts, 22 starts. He actually improved his by by finishing uh, tied for third at the Web.com Tour Finals last week. So that was a big step up for him. And I don't know if you saw his Instagram this week, but it was he was doing some training, some mental training, and it was kind of like he had a video game in front of him. And I'm not quite sure what the objective was. I couldn't quite figure it out, but it was like he was trying to get the targets on some sort of a screen. Um, but if you go and look at Ben Silverman's Instagram account, you'll see that he was doing this mental training to try and improve, I guess, his focus uh-huh. and his attention. And, uh, I mean, anything you can do to improve yourself, obviously, you got to do it. Yeah, that's very uh, interesting with Silverman. I, we've spoken in the past this year how he carries a couple of left-handed clubs uh, in the bag to, to uh, work on uh, both sides of his body. So I guess he does some finicky uh, things, some little quirky things. He's not quite Bryson DeChambeau. No, that's right. But uh, this is something different, and, and whatever golfers can do to get that edge, uh, good for him. Okay, of the seven Canadians I mentioned, which do you think is going to have the best year? Well, I mean, Adam Hadwin is the obvious answer. Um, you know, he had such... You know, I, I guess a frustrating summer. He, he got off to a great start, had a great, uh, you know, couple of top tens, a good first round at the Masters, played with eventual champion Patrick Reed the first two rounds. And then the summer was sort of off and on. I'm really looking forward to seeing Mackenzie Hughes. Mm-hmm. He tried to go through those changes. He said, enough with that. Uh, you know, let's let's get, get back to the game that I know and the game that I've won with. He, play, he shot a 68 with Tiger Woods at the, at the Players' Championship. I think things are moving up for him. He had a couple of good finishes down the stretch as well. So I'm looking for a good year for McKenzie. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm still waiting for Nick Taylor to bust out. He's yeah. just too good a golfer to kind of be wallowing down where he is. I think he is ready to win again. And I think he's ready to kind of get mm-hmm. his game. It looks like he's uh, kind of figured things out with his swing, which at the end of last year was was kind of coming together. So I yep. think 
I think I'm I'm boyish, bullish, I should say, <laughs> on boyish. I'm bullish on him. It's been a long day already, <laughs> folks. It's only eight o'clock. It's only eight o'clock, and Bob and I have spent four hours together already <laughs> watching right. golf. That's right. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, I think it's I think it'll be a good uh, a good season yeah. for him. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's there's so many good stories here. You could make a good case for each one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooke Henderson adds another laurel to her resume. She was voted as Canada's Female Summer Athlete of the Year in the Canadian Sport Awards, um, which resurrected after about a four- or five-year hiatus, <laughs> I, I think. The weird thing about this is, so they have a category for Summer Female Athlete of the Year. They also have a category for Performance of the Year, and she wasn't eligible for Performance of the Year for winning the Canadian Women's Open yeah. because that... Apparently the calendar kind of ends, and that'll be in next year's. So she wins. She's basically winning this for last summer, like <laughs> 2017 summer or whatever. Anyway, wow. She's being honored again, rightly so. She's a uh, just an amazing athlete, and they've still got some uh, some golf to play on the LPGA Tour. They've got, I think, six more events, mm-hmm. five different countries, finishing up with their big tour championship in December in Florida. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be out of the out of the question to see Brooke win again before the season's done. Yeah, absolutely. And and to go on the moment uh, of her winning at home, you know, to go from her winning at home and Tiger winning, uh, those in Canada, at least in Canadian golf, those are pretty comparable. Yeah, I w- I mean, to win at home is so hard to do. Obviously, Tiger, it's it's an unbelievable story and the biggest story of the golf season. Some would argue, or pro- well, many would argue, I should say. But Brooke doing what she did with all the pressure. To come out and shoot around the mid '60s on Sunday, um, it was an unbelievable thing and a very well-deserved honor for Brooke. Well, I think there's probably going to be more honors for her as we get towards the end of the yeah. year. Things, you know, maybe she's in the running for. I mean, Lou Marsh Trophy, oh, for the, sure. uh, female athlete of the year, which I think she won last year. Uh, she's won before, anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, it was interesting. Last year, she had a really good year. Won a couple times. Mm-hmm. Did some good, great things. And she didn't even get a vote. Like not one single vote for Athlete of the Year, so it'll be interesting to see this year if she, at least she gets in the conversation. Yeah, it, it, it's nuts to think that, you know, for a lot of the year, you know, I, I, we've spoken before, we, we sort of almost took Brooks' performance for granted, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, she'd have a win, a couple top tens, yeah, she's having a pretty good year. You expect that from her now, yeah. right? She's it's, 20 years old! Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I know, it's amazing to yeah. see what happens. She's unbelievable. Uh, all right, well, the... Um, the... Spider Cup is back on. Look at that. They're already playing. And Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka are one up after one hole against Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose. Could we see a sweep to tie things up? That, that would, would be, be unbelievable. Right? So here's let's let's just quickly before we go to yeah. break here, we'll go over the quick pairings for this round. Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose are taking on Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. That's a pairing that we thought would happen a lot earlier. Yeah. Sergio Garcia, Alex Noren against Bubba Watson and Webb Simpson, which is an interesting one because Bubba, we know, is a little under the weather. Mm-hmm. Did not play very well in the opening match that they played yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francesco Molinari and Tommy Fleetwood, as you call them. Mollywood. Taking on Tiger again. Again. Tiger's getting <laughs> full his fill of these guys. <laughs> and DeChambeau. Uh, Poulter and McElroy against Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be a good one. I think we could see some Patrick Reed, Rory McElroy antics from two years ago in that match. Yeah, maybe. Some maybe. fireworks. We, we, we saw Justin Thomas do a couple of I can't hear you's. Yeah. Um, you know, but one one thing that we'll talk more with uh, Jamie Rydell after the break, uh, the captain's picks, the record. Furyk, one and five. Yeah. Yorns are five and two. And I think a lot of people would not have expected that. Absolutely. A lot of people yep. would not expect that. 100%.
All right, we will talk to uh, golf producer Jamie Rydell after the uh, the break. We'll f- get uh, the fill of uh, Ryder Cup stuff that's going to be happening all day here. On It's all, of course, on TSN. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch it, you could turn the sound down and listen to us as you're watching it. Yes, I, 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 I think that's the best too. idea, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, lots of Ryder Cup coming up on Golf Talk Canada when we continue after this. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit tailormadegolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks in the studio alongside producer Adam Scully. Mark Sacchino will join us a little bit later. He's down in Washington, D.C., playing a little golf this time. He's actually playing a little bit of golf. Wow. Not just calling it. Although it would be kind of cool if we went down and called his shots. That would be cool. Um, it would be a lot of straight, straight, and maybe a couple lipouts. Yeah. Or, oh, missed that one. Oh, missed that putt. Oh, missed that putt. Uh, in fairness, I played with him this week, and he uh, he played pretty well. He so. he is uh, he's one of the best golfers I've ever seen in person. Yeah, I, he's I'm good. But on that on the greens, he's got a new style now. He's kind of like got a hockey stick style oh, for his buddy. No. So anyway. Oh, no. Uh, senior producer of golf, all things golf on TSN is Jamie Rydell. He is also the co-host of the Bump and Run podcast with yours truly. And he joins us now from uh, his stately headquarters in Baden, Ontario. How are you this morning, James? Doing well, guys. Skelly, Weeksy, what's happening? Nothing. Good morning. Great day. Great day out there. Um, did you watch this morning? Were you up early? I, I watched a little bit. I did the football game last night. So oh, yeah. I, I got home just as they were starting. Oh, but I did manage to get up and see some of the golf. And uh, when I woke up and looked at the leader for the scoreboard, I was like, I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I got to tell you something. It's all red on the scoreboard right now. All red. <laughs> U.S. is up in two matches, one up. So Ooh. that's about it. They've only they've only played the comeback the begins. Here um, it comes. Any were were you shocked at at this? Because I think a lot of people going in here figured that the Americans were going to be the favorites. They had such an overwhelming performance a year ago at the President's Cup, and now we see them come out here and just mm. once again, after a good start on uh, the Friday morning four balls, they they struggle. See, I'm not I'm not that surprised. I always thought this one was going to be close. Um, you know, as good as that American team is, the Euro team is probably one of the best that they've ever put together, top to bottom. Um, you know, they, all these guys just hit the ball so well. And, you know, you look at what happened in the foursomes. You miss fairways or snap hook irons on par fives in the waters, and you're going to lose <laughs> holes. But, you know, the, a lot. I, I think a lot was made of how good this American team is because everybody looks at the world rankings, sees the majors, sees the tournament wins. But, you know, about half of them weren't going very well form-wise uh, coming in. So... And it's it's showing, you know. You, you look at the four ball matches this morning. Like, you know, every European team was at least six under, I think, six or seven under, and and, and uh, like the first two were eight under. That's hard to beat. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think Thomas. I think Thomas Bjorn has done exactly what he set out to do. I don't think he's deviated from any plans. You know, people were talking about Rory not playing. Um, in the afternoon because he looked so bad in the, mor- in the morning yesterday. But I think Thomas Bjorn has just done exactly what he's set out to do, and I don't think I think Jim Pierrick now is trying to find an answer. 
Yeah, he's definitely trying to find an answer. And speaking of that, uh, Bubba Watson and Webb Simpson, they were one up uh, through one, and Bubba just rinsed his tee shot on the par three uh, second hole. So it looks like an, a European <laughs> win is coming. Oh, Alex Noren just put it in the water too. Okay, so we could be making a bogey or double there. Uh, you mentioned something there in your answer, Jr., and, and that was uh, a certain lefty snap hooking uh, tee shot with an iron into a uh, par five into the water. Uh, just a bizarre decision on uh, Jim Furyk's part to to play Phil only in the foursomes and not the four ball, given how narrow the golf course is. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think really that's the only mistake Jim Furyk's made is. Uh, is playing Phil and Forces. I didn't get it. I think we all talk about this at some point in time as we led into this Ryder Cup, and we mentioned it on the podcast. We see that, you know, Phil and Forces is not the way to go. Um, you know, not right can, now, he, anyway. Right. Well, but like in four ball, at least you have another ball to play. Right. Yeah. yeah so the... I, 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 I think that was a curious decision, and I'm not surprised he said no today. I think the interesting thing. Uh, is is in that sense is is kind of the captain's picks and how they've performed mm-hmm. and and certainly uh, as we were saying before I mean Bjorn looks like a genius right now even though he was being criticized early on and <laughs> yeah, Bjorn, you know exactly. it's, it, I mean it's just it's so hard for the captains because mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do at a certain point in time and then whatever it is a week or a day or three weeks later when these guys show up to play if they don't play boy they they can really make you look yeah. bad. Yeah, but and, and none of the captain's picks were all that surprising. Anyways, no, right? On either, like, on either side. On either sure. side. Like, those, those, the four that, you know, DeChambeau, Finau, Phil, and Tiger, that was going to be the picks. And DeChambeau was already has won twice in the last three weeks. Um, you know, he didn't look good yesterday with Phil, even when he was hitting shots. But, you know, I, and, and I think Bjorn was forced because the rookie factor, which I think is overrated because – you know, these rookies, Justin Thomas is a rookie, guys yeah. were majors. John Rahm's a rookie. Yeah, I get the rookies to the format, but Tommy Fleetwood's not a rookie. He's been in the hunt how many majors in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Although I will uh, say I will say that uh, Fleetwood said that Rory, when he asked Rory what it was going to be like on the first tee, he said, imagine the most nervous you've ever been in a golf game and then times that by 10. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the home field has helped, helped these guys, but, you know, they're such solid golfers that, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't surprised at the captain's fix. Um, I'm not surprised Sergio's playing well. These guys, Sergio and Poulter, this is what they do in Ryder Cups. Like, I don't think, I, I don't know why people are surprised. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Uh, you know, it, it's good to see them uh, doing well. The captain's picks. Uh, another update, Webb Simpson also just rinsed his uh, provisional uh, into the water. So uh, now we'll, we'll be doing play-a-play. Play. Is the wind 50 kilometers now? No, well, so the pin's, actually, the pin's actually on the front right side of the green on the second hole as Sergio right. and hits his shot. It's a, tough, it's, a tough, it's a tough hole. Those first two holes aren't the easiest. To get yeah. off to a start on, and 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 Sergio just carried the water, so it looks like a bogey or double might win uh, that crazy. that hole. But another pairing that was that we spoke about a lot on this show um, that we are now seeing in this session is uh, Tiger and Bryson DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they use a fairly similar golf ball in terms of the brand. Tiger spins brand, a little yeah. more. What do you think we're going to see out of this pairing? You know, it, it's looked at times that Tiger might be a little tired, maybe, but now yeah. that it's getting a little warmer outside. Maybe the maybe the young guy in Deshambo can help uh, Rev Tiger up a little bit. Yeah, I think this is what everybody thought, right? We we see like yep. guys, mm-hmm. we, we, this was the this was the pairing we were going to see, and 
when he marched out Phil with him, it was strange. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, though, Phil, Phil and Bryson get along together. They talk a lot. Right. They play practice runs too. But I think leading into it, you just thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah, exactly. And alter, and again, like the alternate shot is just not Phil's strength um, on a course like this. Not the you American know, at, strength. At Hazeltine, at Hazeltine, he can play alternate shot because a little bit there was a little bit more room. They had a, you know, you could bomb it out there and hopefully have an easy shot. In, but you can, you missed the fairway here. We've seen it all all week so far. Is that it's tough to get out of there. Like Rory's whiffed. You know, Ricky Fowler shanked one yesterday in the forces. Mm-hmm. Um, really the same line that Rory had um, in the morning. But, you know, I, I'm interested to see how Tiger does. He's, he just hasn't looked the same as he did at Eastlake. Um, what is that fatigue? You know, the difference in temperature. Who knows? Uh, backs may, may not be as easy to loosen up in this weather um, in Paris. So it's his fifth start in six weeks now too. So right, exactly. You got to think he's getting a little tired. He's getting tired, but you know, they, they need something to rally them. If they can just, you know, I think Spee said it best uh, after they won their match is that we just need to, you know, that 10, six, that 10, six score isn't as daunting as it used to be because teams have come back from it twice. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've seen it happen. So We've seen it happen. So I, I, I think the U.S. mentality is if we can just split the session, um, we're still okay. Of course, every but, time if you're in the lead and you get a tie, that's uh, that's just like a win almost, right? Another, yeah, exactly. another one off the board. But mm-hmm. All right, listen, uh, enjoy, this af- enjoy the rest of the golf t- today and, uh, and also tomorrow. And thanks for uh, chiming in. And... Um, See if you can see if you can uh, make things close here, so we have a good finish for for TSN ratings. Yeah, it'd be nice ratings. to keep it close, right? I, exactly. I love this event. It'd be nice to keep it close. And you know, Scully, you should be on these billboards too, and all this stuff because there's been a lot of Scully time lately. You know, it's not the, just yeah. Mark Cicero Club week. So yeah, yeah. We need an Adam Scully. In there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jamie Rydell, producer, all things golf and CFL on the TSN. Thanks for coming uh, coming by. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you later, right, and we will be. And we'll be back with more Golf Talk Canada after this. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with Adam Scully. Mark Zacchino is on assignment. That means he's playing golf. Yes, uh, but he'll check it later. He's uh, taking a well-deserved break. We'll hear from him. He's playing the fancy, very fancy, Congressional Country Club. And they're hosting a Ryder Cup coming up. Uh, they're hosting a whole bunch of things, yeah. like a women's PGA. Uh-huh. And the PGA Championship deal, as well. Exactly, yeah. It's going to be quite a quite a place in here. They're ripping up the golf course. We'll get the full story from Mark a little bit later mm-hmm. in the program. Also coming up later today, uh, Scott Vale, caddy on the PGA Tour, is going to check in. He's uh, been a part of a couple of Ryder Cups before. Carrying the bag for uh, Brant Snedeker. He was most recently on the bag for uh, Keegan Bradley, filling in for his caddy. He was having a knee replacement, mm-hmm. and so we'll get caught up with him. But right now, do you know what time it is? 
It's the best time of the show. It's time for winners, weird and what? And Mr. Scully, you have the tea. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, Bob, my winner this week is the first tea at the Ryder Cup. It's one of the greatest first tea atmospheres we've ever seen. (laughs) Nearly 7,000 people around there. And the, the crazy thing about the hole as well, it's not a hole that you can hit driver on. So it's not like you can sort of, you know... Hit a club with with your biggest uh, club, you know, face uh, out there. It's you're hitting a long iron, and uh, you know I'm really curious how the average person would hit, how much contact they would get hitting a ball in that atmosphere. You know, we, we've seen some guys hit it in the water left. Some guys Hatton this morning was too jacked up and and hit it through the fairway actually, but it is quite a sight to see, isn't it? Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Seven thousand yeah. people. There was been a couple of guys who've taken pictures from the very top. And you look down on it, and it's like being in the upper deck of the Sky Dome. Yeah. <laughs> You're going way yeah. down, and the golfers look like little dots down there. Mm-hmm. But the atmosphere is really cool. You and I were at the President's Cup last year, and that was a cool atmosphere on the first tee. But it only had, I don't know, maybe 1,000 people? Maybe 1,000. You know, I, I, remember, I remember you actually went to the very top at one point, and, yeah, it was maybe 1,000. But, but picture, you know, for hockey fans out there, a, a pretty big market OHL arena watching you on the first tee. Yeah. That's basically how big it is. It is unbelievable that these guys are doing what they're doing. It's a, it's a great thing for the Ryder Cup, and uh, I'm sure t- in the Sunday singles uh, we'll see some, uh, some entertaining uh, chants and that sort of thing uh, as well. Uh, my weird this week, it goes back to Justin Rose uh, and his world ranking, how it keeps sort of switching in the way it switched. So he, he, of course, went to number one in the world, but he did that after he lost a playoff. So that that's a little bizarre to me to think that you can lose but still get number one. It was almost like an awkward interview with Roger Maltby and Justin Rose. You know, Justin, I know you lost, but you're still number one. He's, yeah, I'm heartbroken, but it's my lifelong <laughs> dream. So it's sort of a weird thing. And then he goes on to win the FedEx Cup, which was still kind of awkward how he lagged a putt, you know, from 25 feet to a couple inches, fist pumped, tapped in, wins $10 million, and hey, Justin, you actually lose your world number one ranking because Dustin Johnson finished ahead of you. So... Just kind of bizarre how that all works out, for sure. The ranking is so tough to understand and to make sense of, and it's a rolling two-year period. I know, I mean, like Tiger Woods went up so quickly Mm -hmm. because he didn't have any points coming off because basically he hadn't played two years ago. So there's all sorts of ways that it's good, but but it's never really a indication of who is the best player in the world at that time. Yeah, it's very interesting and I'm sure we'll see Justin Rose back at number one, uh, who knows, very uh, shortly. My, my what this week, and this goes to the outfits that were worn yesterday. Some confusion because, you know, it, it looked like they were both matching and I mean, the, the States did have white pants on, but when they had their, their rain uh, gear on, or the rain, rain pants on to stay warmer, they were wearing the exact same thing. <laughs> Yep. Like, couldn't the guys coordinate Furyk and Bjorn beforehand? Say, hey, I'm going to wear orange this day. Maybe you wear blue, sort of. Like thing. home and away uniforms, right? In any yeah. other sport, you have yeah. some guys. You know, you got to wear the whites or you got to wear the blues. Yeah, or the like like or like mixing a white uniform or something. But I mean, at least today uh, and Friday, or sorry, on Saturday, there uh, the Europeans are wearing sort of like a burnt orange sort of look. Someone said it looks like uh, University of Texas. Yeah. Okay. Colors, right. Yeah. So th- that's uh, that's a very interesting look. But uh, I'm sure uh, hopefully we see some. Uh, very different uh, outfits tomorrow on the Sunday singles and that uh, all the fans can uh, decipher who is who. But on that note, uh, Bob, now the tea is yours.
So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, uh, it went further than your ball! I do it every time. I do it every time. You think I'd know it every time. I step it's been a long line. Anyway. Uh, my winner this week is Le National, the yes. golf club. And I think, you know, it's um, the way it's been set up to me is what's, what's really interesting. So in the Ryder Cup, the home team gets to set up the course the way they want to do it. And obviously Thomas Bjorn went through the numbers, went through the stats, looked at it and said, where do we have an advantage? And clearly it's in off the tee driving accuracy. Of course, if you look at some of the players on their team, they have some of the straightest drivers around Molinari, rarely misses a fairway, Garcia, Norin. Um, Fleetwood is a very mm-hmm. straight driver. And you look on the other side, and you got guys like Phil and, well, Tiger wasn't, hasn't been so bad, but there's mm-hmm. other guys who aren't quite as accurate off there. So let's grow the rough up. Let's make it really nasty if you the further away you get from the fairway, and let's give ourselves an advantage. And clearly, I mean, listen, both sides have found that rough, but the Americans seem to be in there a lot more. Patrick Reed, I don't think, wasn't in there this morning on most holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to completely agree. And, you know, it's it's been, to add to that, that the wind has been up as well, and it's been a cold breeze. And, and there's there's water on a lot of the holes. And it's if you miss the fairway by two, three, four paces, it's it's almost hard to reach the green at some point. It's very different than most Ryder Cups that I've seen. Like, Hazeltine was just wide open, bomb mm-hmm. and gouge. The birdie fest. The, the bomb and no gouge. Uh, pins in the middle of the greens yep. and stuff, and a lot of birdies. Here, you're seeing holes, one with pars, in some cases a bogey, mm-hmm. uh, once in a while, but I just find it really entertaining and very different in, the, in that kind of way, and Listen, full credit to the European guys for, for yeah. figuring out what's going to play into their hands. And it's it's great. It's must-see TV, you know. We're seeing some of these guys struggle to make pars. and and uh, But on, on the plus side, we still have seen a lot of hole-outs. Yes. A lot of hole-outs, That's right. which is interesting. And there's some good... There's some good it, it's, there are, somebody else complained that they said that it felt like there were uh, 18 uh, versions of the 17th I saw that, TPC, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's. I don't think it's too bad. It's good. It's good for match. It's good play, fun. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. My uh, weird this week takes us down to uh, Virginia. Ah, which is of course. There's no Ryder Cup there. Not far. Not far from uh, where we are. It's in Sterling, Virginia. Actually, ah. it's at the 1757 Golf Club. That's an interesting name for mm. a golf club. So members of the 1757 Golf Club were stunned to see an alleged drunken driver careening down the fairway on the par four 17th hole early on Wednesday evening. People were trying to flag him down and stop him, but. The interesting part is the driver wasn't a golfer. He had not been playing on the course or eating and drinking at the golf club's restaurant, but he was seen on the western part of the course, which is bordered by a big uh, parkway, a big drive uh, highway out there. So according mm-hmm. to the witnesses, the driver didn't stop until he tried to cross a slippery wooden bridge and he crashed. And he apparently was just driving along and ran over a few uh, golf tees, ran over a few other areas of the golf course that shouldn't be traversed <laughs> by a golf cart. And there was a witness who said the following... He said he'd been drinking. So I, <laughs> well, yeah, you think? Nick that down. Anyway, uh, uh, Christopher Ludke of Fredericksburg was arrested for driving for the second time in 10 years, intoxicated and in the possession of marijuana. And uh, no one knows quite how he got on the golf course or got a golf cart. <laughs> this is not meant to laugh at drunken driving, which is a very serious thing. But I, when it happens on a golf course, it's ama- amazing. I wonder how many people actually would, if they ever had a, like a breathalyzer on them oh yeah the sixth and seventh hole or something yeah absolutely yeah and that's just another uh, another one of your uh, interesting weirds that <laughs> we've had right. I, I think we should compile just a best of of your weirds <laughs> that would be that would be good it'd okay. be must listen radio and my what this week goes back to the Ryder cup ah, yes. and i got to thinking 
What would it be like if uh, if players did not wear hats during the regular PGA Tour event? Because it's interesting to see these guys' heads for changes. It is. I never knew, for instance, that Tyrrell Hatton had that kind of curly, tight, messy hair that yeah. he has on there. And it's uh, it's just one of those weird things when you see a guy for so long with a hat on, uh-huh. and then you see him without a hat on. Sometimes it go it, you sort of step back and you go, "Why I didn't recognize that guy." In fact, to the point where there was a PGA Tour caddy who's on Twitter. There was a picture of the U.S. team arriving in France. They were on mm-hmm. the uh, gangway to yep. come down, to the, and they were all standing there wearing glasses. And this PJ Tour caddy said, who is this guy? I can't figure out who this guy is. And it was, it was Bryson DeChambeau, but because he doesn't wear his sort of Ben Hogan cap, yeah. he was unrecognizable. It's so weird. That that happens. Well, and you know, Turl Hatton. It looks like it looks like the fresh fade. You know, the barber might have might have missed a spot here or there. Yeah. Uh, but did someone start that on the European side years ago, or is that just something that they've done? I think it came out as a result of some sponsor logos that were on a hat that were mm. not a guy's sponsored company, so yeah. they kind of went away from it to a certain extent. Yeah. Now, now some guys obviously need hats. Al, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, he has to have a hat. He's got to protect those luscious locks. Yeah. Right? Apparently, he got a cut. Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. Yeah. Maybe which hair? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and some guys like to cover up. So yeah. uh, like Tiger, you know, uh-huh. he's kind of losing yeah. the feathers. Yeah. I noticed he's, that he's he's, he's kind of got the. He's got to make going. the bold decision soon. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, might be either either Rogaine or, uh, or or maybe just shave it. I don't know what he's yeah. going to do. Be interesting to see. Jordan Jordan Spieth's another guy who's losing the feathers. Oh, was Justin Thomas too? Yeah, I don't know what it is about these golfers. If you just wear wear your hat. Yeah, I, I guess if you wear your hat so much that eventually you can lose some of your hair. But, uh, I mean, it, it's funny seeing, like, we saw, you know, Graham McDowell went no lid, uh, Luke Donald, obviously Rory, Sergio, uh, yeah, Terrell Hatton today. There's other, other guys I'm missing. Um, I think uh, Thomas Peters might have briefly. Maybe. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, there's a golfer by the name of Robert Rock mm, playing yes. the European Tour who does not wear a hat Great all the time. When we were ended up uh, at a restaurant with, with him and we had a couple of beers and we were talking and the topic came up, and someone asked him, "What do you figure you lose in sponsorship?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "150 thousand a year is what he'd probably given up by not wearing a sponsor hat wow. logo." Well, it's the same so, thing with uh, Ollie Schneider Jans yeah, too. Yeah, Ollie Schneider Jans, and, and he's guy. got great but hair. Dave, Dave Barr, famous Canadian mm-hmm. golfer, never wore a hat. Mm. Tried to, but just didn't. Feel it didn't work for him. Wow. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, let's see what's coming up here. I'm going to look at the, we're sort of busy here. We were running down, doing all sorts of stuff. We're going to uh, run around. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're going to, uh, we're going to just talk to hear from some of the players after their, uh, morning sessions today and from, from what's uh, going on and we'll update you on what's happening out there on the golf course because there are matches underway, Mm -hmm. uh, very much underway. In fact, all All four four. are now on the golf course. Mm So we'll bring you up to speed on what's going on, what's happened already and what is going on when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Ryder Cup underway, and let's update you on exactly what's happening here in the Saturday afternoon foursomes. Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose, uh, are all square now with Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. 
Uh, we saw, I think it was Dustin Johnson trying to hit left-handed from under a tree inside the bushes somewhere. Never the, you know, the, the, the easiest play. Um, <laughs> no, and they conceded right. the hole very shortly after, uh, <laughs> All right. after that. Uh, Bubba Watson and Webb Simpson are one up against Sergio Garcia and Alex Noren. And Sergio and Alex Noren were unbelievable on Friday afternoon. Uh, that Those two, uh, Alex Noren is a, perhaps the most underrated golfer, I think, of all these teams. He's really good. He didn't have a, such a great year this year, but um, boy, when you see him in real life, he just hits the ball very hard and very square. And he won the French Open this year as That's well. That's right. So. That's right. Uh, Francesco Molinari, Tommy Fleetwood are one up against Tiger Woods and Bryson DeChambeau. And Bryson just hit it in the water on the par three. Uh, sorry, the par five third hole. So, and no Not surprise, good. Ian Poulter and Rory McIlroy are one up. Well, I guess it is a surprise because they lost this morning. Or are one up on uh, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. That to me is the uh, the match of the day. Mm-hmm. Those That's going to be guys are. That'll be fun to watch for it's, sure. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, we we heard from we we heard some from some guys this morning after their matches, and the um, the big team I think was. Sergio Garcia and Rory McIlroy, they went out first, and they stormed out to a big lead. Had to kind of fend off a little late challenge from Tony Finau and Brooks Kepka. But um, I like the way these guys mixed together. They made some big bomb putts, nothing bigger probably than Sergio's on 17, which basically clinched things. Mm-hmm. So let's hear from them uh, after their round. Sergio Garcia and Rory McIlroy. With Rory McIlroy and Sergio Garcia, the sixth straight point for Europe in this Ryder Cup. How would you describe, Sergio, the emotions of this match you just played? Mm-hmm. I think you could see there on the last part. <laughs> um, it was great. I think I think we played really, really well. Um, we 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 gelled extremely well uh, because uh, a couple of times he was out of the hole. I, I made par, a good par or birdie. Um, when I was out of the hole, uh, he he made a couple of great birdies. So. I I think we gelled, and that's that's what you need in four balls. And uh, you know, I always enjoy playing with Rory. He knows that he's a good friend, and uh, you know, today it wasn't any different. And speaking about being good friends, you guys get along very well mm-hmm. off the golf course. On the golf course, you're a very good team. When you have somebody who can pick you up when you're down, or vice versa, what is the mentality going into the day? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very important. Um, personally, for me, I didn't you know I didn't have my best stuff out there again this morning. But any time, I didn't hit a great shot. Sergio was always on my shoulder with. Encouragement and telling me to come on, and so it's and it's it's great to hear that from someone like him. Um, and his passion and his fire for the Ryder Cup is second to none, and it's it's pretty infectious. So um, we had a good time out there. Congratulations once again. Thank you. Thank you. It's interesting after Rory McIlroy lost his opening match on uh, Friday, that um, and and the European team lost three and one. Mm-hmm. Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter, who didn't play in that round, came in. And those two, to me, are the real motivators, the real passion guys. And, and to me, it's no surprise that that kind of began their run with when those two guys got back in the lineup. Well, and, and you look at Sergio, and he, you know, he was, there was a little, maybe a little criticism on Sergio you know, being named to the team, given that he missed the cut in all four majors. He missed the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, but he went out, and and he's and he's he's a star in the Ryder Cup, and so is Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter won the Houston Open earlier this year, but didn't really do much the rest of the year. But look at these guys; they're carrying. You know, they've turned Rory McIlroy into a machine. He didn't birdie, the, as you said, in the first match yesterday. He had four in his first eight holes this morning. Uh, he's com- he looks completely revitalized now out there. And um, when, as we've said many times, when Rory McIlroy is on top of his game, he might be the best player in the world. Yeah. Uh, Paul Casey, Tyrrell Hatton won three and two over Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler. Casey got off to a huge fast start. He was pouring them in from all over mm-hmm, the place. Mm-hmm. 
And Tyrrell Hatton is a guy who I think a lot of fans over here in North America are just starting to kind of understand and get to see and get to know a little bit. Uh, he's, he's a real force out there. And Paul Casey, of course, his story was uh, he wasn't a member of the European Tour. After being on the European tour team a number of years ago, he got um, sidestepped by Colin Montgomery. He felt he didn't really want to worry about it, so he was worried about setting up his career and things in North America, so he wasn't a member of the European Tour, got encouraged to rejoin, and I think he's, he's made a good decision. Mm -hmm. As I say, they were 3-2. and two. Let's hear from them after their match. All right, well, the tidal wave continues. Paul, let me start with you. Um, very special situation for you because this is the result of a decision that you made last year to come back and resume your membership on the European Tour. With that in mind, how special is this, an opportunity to win your first point this time around? Uh, I Jimmy, it's, it's, I feel over the moon. Um, knowing how good this European team was going to be, I desperately wanted to be a part of it. I'd missed it. Once you taste the Ryder Cup, there's nothing else like it. Um, and it's, I'm elated right now to have you know, got a point because of this man as well. It was pure teamwork out there. Against two really classy guys, I have to say how classy um, Dustin and Ricky are. Um, all the way through that match, it was just a, it was a great match. Uh, they were gentlemen, but yeah, it feels, it's emotional. It feels great. It's ten years. Yeah, it's obvious you're getting emotional, aren't you? I am. Um, yes. Ask him a question. <laughs> <laughs> You've never done this before, and I'm sure that people will have tried to tell you what it's like. Could you have imagined that this is what it was like? No, definitely not. Um, you know, playing in this atmosphere is is unbelievable, and certainly. You know, you'll never forget playing in a Ryder Cup, and this is a very special moment for me, obviously, and my family as well. Um, Were you nervous? I thought I was going to be more nervous, to be honest. Um, I was quite happy with, I was fairly controlled. Um, but I think anyone's going to be nervous on that first tee. Obviously, what, what a way to, to start, the, start the, the day. All right, well, congratulations to the both of you. Thank you. That's Paul Casey and Tyrrell Hatton with NBC's Jimmy Roberts. Uh, just a quick update. Poulter and McElroy now two up mm -hmm. on Spieth and Thomas. Molinari and Fleetwood one up on Woods and DeChambeau. The Americans, uh, Watson and Simpson are leading Garcia and Norin one up. And the other match, Stenson, Rose, Johnson, Kepka all square. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Scott Vale, PGA Tour caddy. And a guy who has been in the thick of it at the Ryder Cup. We'll get some perspective from inside the ropes from Scott when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner. The most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Bob Weeks along with Adam Scully, who is filling in for Mark Sacchino, who's down at playing Congressional. We'll hear from him a little bit later on in the program. 
Uh, right now, though, I'd like to bring in Scott Vale, who is uh, not here yet. Soon. Just getting him on the phone. Okay, yes. we'll get him on the phone here in a second. But uh, l- why don't we update the uh, yeah, though, so, yeah, so so uh, Tiger and Bryson just lost the third hole to uh, to, to Mollywood, I should say, uh, Molinari and Fleetwood. And uh, Molinari and Fleetwood made a par. And DeChambeau and Woods made a bogey on a par five. So a par to win a par five. Spieth and Thomas, they're two down through two with two bogeys. So that that's not cutting it. However, Bubba and uh, Webb Simpson, they're doing well. They're two up on uh, Norin and uh, and Sergio. So a little uh, little change of the guard there. And all square right now, the Bombers, Kepka and Dustin Johnson, all square uh, with one of the Europeans' top duos, and that is Henrik Stenson and Justin Rose. So uh, it's it's been a pretty wild morning altogether, and it should be a great afternoon of golf as well. All right, now we got uh, Scott Vale on the line there and a PGA Tour caddy who spent many years alongside Brant Snedeker and actually won the Canadian the RBC Canadian yes, he Open did. to that, and he's been filling in for some other players uh, this season. Uh, Scott, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Wonderful. Thank you. Good. Um, first of all, just give us your impressions from, from your standpoint. You know all these guys pretty well. What do you see out there, and what, have you, what do you make of what we've, what we've seen so far in this big lead by the European team? Jeez, I've seen a lot of bad golf in the American team. I, I know that. <laughs> a lot of missed fairways, missed pods. Um, uncharacteristic on the greens and just a lot of poor decisions, really, um, that the American teams make. And I think they're chasing a lot of um, poor shots and compounding errors, um, just trying to force things um, and change the momentum. Just from what I've seen, you know, especially this morning, uh, I was up early watching it and. Um, yeah, just not good golf from the American team. It's it's interesting when you, uh, I guess when you get down in a Ryder Cup, I mean, you've you've been inside the ropes and you've been a part of these things, but when you get down, it's tough to come back in some of these formats, especially, I would say, in the foursomes format, too, which is something most players aren't used to, obviously. Is that what the, the, the sense is you get here, that the Americans are trying to uh, just play catch-up and it's a hard thing to do? Yeah, I definitely think it is. Um you know, they're probably feeling a lot of heat because they're favorites coming in. And um, foursomes is going to be tough, but I think it's I think it, foursomes is easier to come back from than, than um, four balls because, you know, pars are pretty good a lot of the time, especially on this golf course mm-hmm. in foursomes. So I feel like, you know, if you're going to mount a comeback, foursomes would be a better chance to do it. They're not showing it so far, but um, I would think uh, their chances would increase doing foursomes instead of four balls. Now, Scott, on the show, we've we've spoken at length about how you know the atmosphere of the Ryder Cup, you know, can really affect a player. And a player always says that's the most nervous they've ever been on a golf course. But for a caddy, what's it like for you standing on the first tee of a Ryder Cup? Are you shaking? Are you are you nervous? Are you trying to stay you know as game face as possible to not make your player nervous, sort of thing? You know, the, the first tee of the Ryder Cup is something like you, you can't even describe. You've got to. Be there, feel it, the energy. It's it's nervous. It's it's just the most unbelievable feeling I've ever felt. I've, I've been in the you know final groups and, and majors before, and just no no energy like it. No, I've never been nervous like I have been in the Ryder Cup. You know, just the, the amount of pressure that these guys are faced with. It's 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 an unbelievable feeling, really. Uh, when you when you're in the team room as well, because I'm assuming you get inside there quite a bit, and and what, what's the atmosphere? What's it like? Take us inside behind the scenes of what goes on when they're not on the golf course. 
Yeah, there's a lot of ribbing, a lot of, you know, joking around, goofing around. You've got your classic pranksters or, you know, your Mac Coochers that are always playing jokes on guys and guys like Phil Mickelson that are, you know, constantly, you know, trying to trying to get guys going. And then you you got Tiger on the other. You know, Phil's always talking about his green jackets, and then Tiger will shut Phil up by saying <laughs> – well, I've got more than you, you know, and I've got a lot more majors and tournaments. So it's kind of in Phil be like, yeah, you're right, Tiger. So a lot of stuff like that you you don't realize. It's pretty fun to be around a lot of the guys. A lot of them are pretty pretty fun and give each other a hard time, all in uh, good gestures. Uh, and, and I guess when the captains are coming in and talking and giving the the lineups and things like that, I mean, are there are there a lot of surprises when the lineups come out or do guys basically know who they're going to play with and when they're going to play? Yeah, from my past experiences, you, you pretty much have a good idea who you, who you play with. Um, I know they've done the pod system in the past. I'm not sure if they've done it this this year. It kind of looked like they were mixing and matching guys, um, you know, in, in pr- practice rounds a little more than you know their pod system that they've used in the past few Ryder Cups. So, I think generally they have an idea of at least two or three guys. Now, I don't know if that's changed since they've been routed so bad the last day and a half. Um, whether they've gone outside their system and uh, started picking, you know, different guys. Uh, so I'm not sure about that one. Right on. Now, so obviously we're playing foursomes uh, right now, and, and a, a big topic of you know discussion and debate is uh, is the golf ball and, and how to how to partner up guys that way. Um, in, in your mind, it, how big of a factor is that in this day and age with so many different brands of golf balls, or is it that is it is it a big factor because a lot of the balls are pretty similar? No, I think it's a great question. I think the golf ball is a really important factor. Um, I think it's tough. You know, a lot of these guys, it's tough to match up a golf ball with a with their driver is the most important thing, probably. And a lot of guys, you know, are high-spin guys versus low-spin guys. So I think that's a really important thing. You know, you see you see guys, for instance, I'm watching Tiger and Bryce, and they both play Bridgestone. Mm-hmm. So you see guys probably blending together that have play a similar ball, I would say. And it would be easier to match up than foursomes for sure, but it is it is very important for sure. Uh, give us a little uh, give us a little prediction here. Do you think the Americans can come back at all, or what do they have to do to come back? Jeez, they've got to stop <laughs> making these mental mistakes. I just watched Molinari hit it in the water on the on the par five. I think it was the third hole, and DeChambeau followed suit right right after him. So I, I think they've got to just. You know, play their game and quit forcing things. It looks like you know you, you can't give any points away. They're they're just giving holes away, giving points away. They've got to you know just get get the ball in the green, put yeah. some heat on your opponent. They they didn't do a very good job of that in four balls. They were always one was hacking out of the rough and out of the hole, and it was one guy versus two guys. And at the end of the you know at the end of the round, that's always going to hurt you. So I think you know just get get the ball in the light green stuff, as we like to say. And uh, get it on the green and put some pressure on your opponent and make putts. Hey, new PGA Tour season starting next week. What uh, what do you got going? Anything uh, confirmed that we you can share with us? Nothing confirmed yet. Kind of got some feelers out. Just kind of sitting and waiting, see what uh, what transpires over the fall. I, I need to get off this couch here soon. I'm putting an imprint on it. So, about, uh, give me and, and how about your Leafs? You happy? Oh, excited? 
Oh, how, how good is that? I was watching them last night. I, I don't think you want to be in the penalty box when uh, they're on that power play. <laughs> looks like they're going to make you pay pretty good. The first few times that I saw Scott Vale, I think it was at the Masters you were catting, and for a long time underneath your uh, white coveralls, you wore that Leafs T-shirt. <laughs> so we knew you were diehard back then. Yeah, they used to they put a ban on that stuff, um, but I always gave him a hard time because Joe LaCava could wear his giant stuff under uh, the yes. <laughs> under heads. It was a little bit different for Tigers guy, but uh, yeah, they put a ban on my leaf shirt, my leaf shirt underneath. I wasn't happy about that. Well, we know it's emblazoned in your heart, so that's just as good, just as good. <laughs> Scott, listen, thanks a lot. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can check in with you uh, a little bit later as the season goes on. All right, sounds great. Thanks, okay. guys, for your time. Take Thank care, you. Scott. That is Scott Vale. He is a uh, PGA Tour caddy and uh, veteran caddy. Spent many times, many years in the bag for Brant Snedeker and uh, recently with Keegan Bradley and uh, has been in the heart, in, in the ropes, playing alongside or carrying alongside for, uh, for the American team at the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and, and a, just a different perspective, you know, in, in terms of, you know, a, a caddy is so vital to these guys out here to calm them down and, and, and talking about the golf ball. It was really interesting uh, speaking with him. A quick, a quick update. Rory McIlroy made a, about a six-foot putt for par and then seemed to make some gestures at the crowd. So maybe, mm. you know, someone was talking to him in a swing or something. But Rory was pretty, uh, pretty animated after that wow. putt and gave a pretty big uh, come on and a fist pump. So. Well, Rory, being, Rory doing Rory things. Rory is uh, Rory. Again, quick update. Henrik Stenson, Justin Rose all square with Johnson and Kepka. Watson and Simpson are two up on Garcia and Norin. Molinari and Fleetwood, Mollywood is two up on Woods and DeChambeau. And uh, Poulter and McElroy, two up on Thomas and Spieth. Uh, it's an interesting, an interesting situation that we got going here. All right, when we come back, we're going to change gears just slightly, veer away from the Ryder Cup, and talk a little bit about what happened last week since we were with you mm-hmm. on, uh, on Galtac Canada Radio with... That amazing win by Tiger Woods. That's when we come back on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Weeks along with Scully here in studio in Toronto watching the Ryder Cup like I'm sure most golf fans are unless you're tootling around doing your errands here this morning on a Saturday morning in uh, we're in Toronto or wherever you're listening from across the TSN network or on the iHeartRadio uh, app and um, it's it's again interesting days at the Ryder Cup like it always is. Very interesting and we can see some wild scores happen so we were, we were speaking uh, earlier with Jamie Rydell and we kept mentioning how balls were flying in the water in the Watson and Garcia group. So Bubba Watson and Webb Simpson, Sergio Garcia and Alex Norin halved the par 3 second hole with triple bogey. 
<laughs> These are professional golfers. The Ryder Cup, anything can happen. This is why it's one of, if not the best, event in golf. That's why match play is so entertaining. It's so good. I love match play. It's such different golf. It's aggressive. You can do whatever. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we want to look back, though. We take a minute to look back at what happened last week. Well, last Sunday, of course, Tiger Woods notched win number 80 by capturing the Tour Championship. And he did it in Tiger Woods style, taking a uh, lead into the final round and just not relinquishing it. In fact, uh, first hole, driver down mm-hmm. the middle, onto the green with an aggressive approach, eight-foot birdie putt, and I think really that set the tone for me. But from your perspective, um, you know, tell me what, what it means to you and what you think this means for, for Tiger and for golf. Well, it's, it's unbelievable to think... You know, at this time last year, you and I were sitting beside each other at the President's Cup press conference when he said, I'm not sure what my future holds in golf. And to come back, A, less than two months later, when he's 1,193rd in the world, plays in the Hero World Challenge, doesn't fall over, we said, okay, he can have a golf game. And he gets up, you know, climbs all the way to 13th in the world. It's definitely one of the greatest sports comebacks we will ever see. You know, to go through what he's gone through physically, emotionally, everything that's happened in his life, both on and off the golf course. Um, it was it was oddly sort of emotional to watch it, um, especially walking up 18 with thousands of fans, and, and he seemed to embrace it. And it's rare that you see that we've seen Tiger come close to tears after winning. Obviously, Hoylake, when uh, two months after his father passed away, comes to mind. Um, but it was the satisfaction in his face when he when he went on to win. It was it's one of the coolest moments I've seen as a golf fan, um, and it's uh, it's great for the game because now it brings in the average sports fan um, who wouldn't normally watch golf on a Sunday, and it went up against NFL football on a Sunday, and golf dominated it because it's Tiger Woods. It's uh, it's interesting, definitely interesting to kind of look at the effects, the spinoff effects. I'll, I'll go back in a second here, mm-hmm. but two hundred and seven percent increase over the same broadcast yeah. a year ago, a year earlier, and the um, the notoriety, like front page of the Globe and Mail. Mm-hmm. I know newspapers don't probably mean all that much anymore, but it was on the front page of the Globe and Mail. Um, I came in here and did a whole bunch of things. I was on CTV National News. Mm-hmm which covered it. And it, as you say, when you go back and you look at where it was a year ago, like Mark Zucchino, who called himself out, I give him full credit, he, did. he called himself out on Golf Talk Canada TV, he basically figured that Tiger was going to retire, would not be able to play mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, he's the first guy to call himself out on that. He also said that this was probably the biggest comeback in sports history. In his standpoint, that's fine. I, you know, I think it's one of them. I don't know how mm-hmm. you measure which is the best in those kind of categories. But it's a stunning return to form from a guy who once dominated and and now is playing playing guys who watched him dominate in his first kind of generation around 2000 say 18 years ago or so um it's just remarkable to see what he's been able to do in such a short period of time and get back to win and i'm i think if it was him maybe not maybe not what we're seeing here but he probably would have loved to have been able to you know, keep going if the Masters was in two weeks or three mm-hmm. weeks or something. And to soak it in. And, you know, it's just such a remarkable victory. I, I, I've heard from some other outlets and read some articles that uh, some people don't think the victory is the same because it was a limited field, which I think is complete baloney, if you will. You know, having 29 of the best players, he beat them. Some people might forget that the Masters is also a pretty limited field as yeah, well. Right. Um, so, you know, a pretty, it was a stunning victory. It was something that. I think, I mean, we all sort of saw coming at some point. Maybe some of us have sort of written it off for this year, um, but to do it the way he did. But for you, Bob, when was the moment 
that you said in this comeback, okay, he can win again? Um, you know, a lot of people will point to Valspar, mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm not sure I was there yet. He, to me, at Valspar, he didn't have the full arsenal of shots. Yeah. And I, and I think I talked about this last week on, on Golf Talk Canada Radio mm-hmm. about how on the 18th hole, when he needed a go-to shot, he didn't really have it. He had to lay back, forced him into a long shot mm-hmm. into the green when he needed to hit it close and make a birdie. So I wasn't, I mean, I think he could have won. To me, I don't, though, I don't know. I mean, maybe the Players' Championship was when he mm-hmm. seemed, talking to him afterwards, he seemed very confident in what he was doing, um, in how he was how he was feeling about his game, how he felt he could win, no problem. It just wasn't going to take much. So that's not a very big gap, obviously. But as the year went on and you saw the majors, I mean, there was ups and downs. The U.S. Open, I mean, all of a sudden he's horrible again. Mm-hmm. And the PGA Championship was probably the British, even at the British Open, I wasn't maybe quite as concerned. But at, at the PGA Championship, when that was there, I said, now it's only a matter of time. It wasn't a question of if he can win. Uh, then it was going to be, when? at that point, it's going to be, yeah, which tournament's he going to win? Yeah, and f- for me watching, I look back to Bay Hill, and he makes the run on Saturday and then on Sunday, and then he blows the tee shot out of bounds on 16, where you think, how the heck did he hit it out of bounds mm-hmm. on 16? But for me, it was also, I, I guess sort of an underrated moment, was the Saturday of the Open Championship. He opens with two rounds of even par playing this very conservative game because the golf course is harder than this table on the fairway. It's just it, it's hard to stop the golf ball. And he completely changed his strategy. Mm-hmm. Instead of hitting these long irons or mid-irons to keep the ball from going in the bunkers, he was hitting drivers up the par fours. So that sort of changed in my mindset that, that he could adjust his strategy on the fly and, and still you know pull off some shots. And yes, it didn't happen at, at the open and where he had the lead. Um, the PGA Championship, maybe it was his his start caught when he was three over in two holes. His start really costed him, but um, it, it was cool to see the way he won. We've seen him do it so many times, having that three shot lead and sort of just plodding along. Um, his really counting on his lag putting, and uh, it's still pretty remarkable that he's up to number thirteen in the world. Yeah, that still boggles my mind. Now I did say, of course, he's not. He's not losing a lot of points he'll start again when the hero comes you know mm-hmm. that two-year rolling cycle so everything he does is gaining points but you still have to gain them you still have to for sure to put those uh those rounds together and and, and get those things done i think it's going to be interesting now going forward what do we see what do we mm-hmm. what do we expect from tiger next season when will he play again there's almost the same questions we asked yeah. last year but now with a different frame of reference because of what he's accomplished yeah and you know the, the big turning point uh with tiger uh, in the latter few weeks, is his driving? You know, he's he's a, he's using some more loft in, in his tailor-made uh, twist face driver, uh, he, a, a, an older shaft that he's used before, and he's hitting more fairways. So, is he going to keep that strategy going into next year? Obviously, he's going to do a lot of training here going forward. And as as he he's been saying, he's been maintaining uh, his body, trying to obviously not get hurt again. And now he's going to be building up for the winter. And you know, obviously, the match with Phil in in November and the Hero World Challenge, and then we won't see him again till. Who knows, late January or early February. What do you think about that match? My God, I don't know if anyone's going to pay for that well, right I, now. I, it's going to be a short match. Yeah, Phil was lobbying for shots, uh, one shot and nine <laughs> yeah, earlier in the week. Right. I'm not sure if Tigers can give it to him, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be bizarre TV, that's for sure. Uh, that's for sure. All right. When we come back, speaking of bizarre, Mark Sacchino will join us from uh, Washington, the District of Columbia, and fill us in on his uh, wonderful member guest at the Congressional. We'll hear from him on Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, where Weeks and Scully are manning the fort here after a uh, early morning, Mr. Scully, in here. Right and early. 2, 2 a.m. I came in a little bit later, 4 a.m. Uh, still. But a guy who has been up all night. In fact, he's been up for three days now. Yeah. Ready for the uh, Ryder Cup and ready for his little journey down in uh, Washington District of Columbia. Here is the king, the man who uh, runs the franchise. Yes, here he is. Mark Zucchino. Hey, Mark. I'm <laughs> oh, good, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, good. I don't know. Why are we watching this anymore? This is awful. <laughs> is this not awful? Like, just, just the quality of golf alone is awful. Uh, I'm, just, it's, it's, I'm shocked at how bad uh, some of these guys are playing. And uh, I don't know. I guess uh, that little last couple of years, the run of Team USA is, uh, was just a little blip on the radar because <laughs> it looks like we're right back where we started. Tell me, tell me something. This is just this just popped into my head here. But who who surprises you most, or who has surprised you most at their poor play? At their poor play? Yeah, like which guy to you uh, you thought would play better and come in and is now like dumping it? Well, you, you kind of expected more from Patrick Reed. I, I would have thought. <laughs> you know, I kind of you know from an American standpoint, you you could almost see. You know, none of us, at least in, in previous talks coming into this, we all kind of were worried about Phil Mickelson and, you know, not playing today. So, not, you know, I don't want to say it's to be expected, but uh, there wasn't a ton of high hopes that all of a sudden he, in my opinion, that he would find his game and, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, have something going. But for me, uh, Patrick Reed, surprising. Dustin Johnson, surprising. Brooks Kepka surprising. Uh, I would say those three, uh, for me, are the most surprising. Reed, Kepka, and DJ. Just, you know, three guys that you would have thought would have been real leaders in, in, in performing on this team have just kind of not showed up. I don't know. Who comes to mind for you guys? Well, well. so Mark, so Patrick Reed, I just want to read a, a bit of his score today. Uh, three balls in the water, one ball out of bounds, one birdie, one shush, and now he's 0-2 for the tournament. So Patrick Reed uh, has just been abysmal uh, thus far. And, you know, as you said, Phil Mickelson, uh, and we spoke about this earlier in the show, but to hit iron off the tee on a par 5 as sort of a layup and smother hook it into the water, that just shows what kind of confidence he had with the driver. And, you know, it's I, I'm really curious how he's going to play tomorrow because this is a very tight golf course. He can't find the planet off the tee. You know, like, is he going to make it past 12 holes tomorrow? That's what I'm curious to see. I mean, more than likely not. And I just, but I had, again, guys, I didn't really expect much from Phil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the guy I was worried about. In fact, I said, you know, if he plays three sessions, that that'll, that will be enough. And it looks like he's going to, you know, play two mm-hmm. by the time this thing's said and done, which I think is probably the right call. And by the way, 
maybe the only right call Jim Furyk has made so far. And, you know, how many captains do they need to figure this thing out? They've got more captains than they have players, you know. And here we are, and it, it took until it took until Saturday afternoon sessions to break up the pairs that weren't working. It took till Saturday afternoon to see Kepka and DJ play together. It took Saturday afternoon uh, to, to see uh, Woods find another partner other other than Patrick Reed. It's just I don't know. I would have I would have thought we would have seen more change up out of the gates this morning. Maybe Brooks and DJ out of the gates this morning together. Maybe Tiger with someone, whether it be DeChambeau or someone else. Um, you know. I, I I think he was waited too late to shake things up. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but to me, when we started this morning session after the way yesterday ended, I thought, okay, you know, you know, we try something different, come out with some different looking pairs and shake it up, and he kind of went right back to the well again. Uh, and the well, the well has been dry. <laughs> you don't go back to a well that's dry. It's uh, listen. There's always the perfect answer is always just play better, and you can you can always do so much. For the, you can only look at the captains and, and say so much. You know, like Thomas Bjorn, we kind of criticized him. Certainly I was among them when he, you looked at his captain's picks and you said, man, there's a couple other guys I thought might have been on there. And when when Yurik uh, made his picks, you know, it was pretty obvious. These are the four guys he was going to go with. There was no real second choices. And yet the captain's picks have certainly weighed out in favor of the European side in this, in, uh, this Ryder Cup so far. Well, it's not even close. Uh, and, and, you know, I was one of them, Bob, that said, uh, scratching my head and said he was kind of forced to maybe go with a couple of guys because there was so much uh, inexperience on his team with five rookies and he had to lean hard towards experience and he had to lean hard towards guys that have been there before and maybe maybe he made a few picks that he necessarily maybe didn't want to. And then here we are and his captain's picks are performing brilliantly. But, uh, you know, if I had to pick an MVP, though, right now, guys, in this thing, I think for me, Tommy Fleetwood's my MVP right now. I I think those putts late uh, against Woods and Reed um, in the morning on uh, Friday, those late couple of of big birdie putts just flip the switch on the momentum. And, and, you know, him and Molinari have just been unstoppable. But those putts, you know, they were down to Woods and Reed. That was a, that match was going to go the other way. It was going to go four nothing uh, Friday morning sessions, and uh, Fleetwood kind of flips the script on them. And that I think that switch, that him hitting that switch, it feels like it changed everything. You know, it feels like that. You know, U.S. is within two or three holes of going up four nothing. And this conversation could have been very different. And I think Fleetwood, boy, right now he's the MVP here. Yeah, and and some would say, you know, that was possibly the TSN turning point yeah, uh, of the Ryder <laughs> Cup uh, itself. But you mentioned Molinari there, and and yes, he's been great putting, but he's been he's been very good ball striking uh, as well, uh, especially because. It's been pretty blustery and windy out there, and you know, as they always say, you've got to strike the ball really well in in the wind. He's and he always seems to be pin high or within twenty feet, and and that's what he did when he had that dominant stretch earlier in the summer. And and Mark, you know, he's picked up right where he left off, and he's showing some emotion too, which is nice to see too. 
yeah, I think maybe Tommy Fleetwood ripping that out of him a little, right? Pulling that out of him because Fleetwood's yeah. just been so animated, right? And I yeah. guess when you're playing with somebody like that, it's hard to uh, hard to not uh, pick up some of that that vibe, that energy. But uh, and, you know, it's a, 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 this is a totally different Francesco Molinari, obviously that we saw this year. We've been talking about it all year: his performance at the Open Championship, his performance on the PGA Tour, how he's found kind of this new uh, level of calmness uh, when he plays the game, uh, a way of controlling his emotions, the way he looks at the game mentally and whatnot. And obviously, he's had a huge year. Uh, but that, that might not necessarily translate to Ryder Cup uh, success. As we've seen guys that have great singles campaigns, it doesn't necessarily work in this competition. But it has this time around. If you look at his record coming into this, he had a horrible, horrible Ryder Cup record uh, previous uh, to this year's uh, matches. And now all of a sudden... Uh, here's a guy who looks like he's going to be undefeated uh, by the end of today, uh, the way we stand right now. So, um, wow, you can't say enough about any of these guys. It's just, it's just head-scratching. It's just shocking to me, though, that any event uh, with this group of players could be this lopsided. You know, European winning this? Sure. You know, we, we both suggested, all three of us suggested, that this, these matches were going to be really close. We that no one ever thought that this was going to be a sweep of any kind from either side. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you could have maybe you would have thought because it's on home soil that Europe squeezes us out by a half a point or a point. But no one could have predicted that a team that has the highest world ranking average of any Ryder Cup team in history, uh, the major champions all over the place, a great mix of of youth and veterans. There's no way this team should be getting waxed the way they are. It's just there's no reason, uh, no logical explanation for it. Uh, speaking of horrible, you mentioned horrible <laughs> in there. How's your uh, how's your game going down there? Wow. Well, <laughs> 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 we're going to test it much better this afternoon. Uh, we'll, we'll see the the putter. You know, well, Bob, we played this week. And, we did had a great uh, time. There were, we had a great time, but as you know, there were some putts that I was actually walking away from before I even struck them. I was out of it walking away. And the wow. putts hadn't, hadn't made contact yet. Wow. So that'll, be, that'll be the issue this afternoon as well. You know, can I hit 15 greens in regulation and break 80? That'll be... <laughs> I have a sneaking uh, suspicion of, you might uh, do that. Well, speaking of uh, congressional and just being down here, so uh, it was I, I, we, I misspoke last week. I said that uh, congressional was shutting down for 2019 for that big renovation. It's actually 2020 mm-hmm. that they're shutting down. So the club will be open next year for play, and uh, uh, in 2020 they'll be shutting down for the entire year for what will be like their fourth major renovation of the last 30 years like um some of the membership here i'm sure is scratching their heads going you know why are we renovating this entire golf course again didn't we just do that in 2007 so uh but they're doing it and they're spending a boatload of dough to get ready for this uh, pga championship and 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 Ryder cup so uh but it's a wonderful spot beautiful golf club wonderful golf course and uh happy so lucky to get the chance to play it this weekend yeah, we've seen some great moments there uh, at con- Congressional over the years. Uh, my question to you, Mark, though, is uh, are you putting right-handed yet or what? Uh, eyes closed yet. or <laughs> you know, Happy Gilmore style? Like what, uh, what, what are we thinking here? 
No, but we are. There is uh, there is a chance that uh, you could see eyes closed. Uh, but with the eyes closed inside ten feet, I've done that before. That could come out again. Uh, this is the scary part. I don't even feel yippy right now. So now I don't even know how to fix this because I don't even wow. feel yippy. It's just become the new norm. It's just going sideways at the moment. I don't know. I don't you, know. You that. hit a maybe, couple of you hit a couple of decent putts this week. You hit a couple okay, of decent I just putts. Need to, Thank you, Bob. Thank you. I just need to make one. If I could just make one or two putts, maybe uh, we could uh, talk about flipping the switch mentally. Maybe I just need to see one or two putts go in. But uh, I don't know. Maybe we should. Uh, we got to find a putting guru. And mm. maybe next year we'll uh, do like a uh, make Mark's putter great again uh, <laughs> run for the year. <laughs> That uh, might take more than a guru, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we had a good. Bob, st- you're we did a magician. It. Bob, come on, you're a magician. Can't wow. you just put yeah, some kind of right. putting spell on me? No, listen, you weren't. You weren't terrible. We had a good time. We were playing at uh, your club at the Toronto Hunt, which is a, a first time I've ever played there. What a gorgeous piece of property. Brought the bosses out, so we had to lose. Mm. So that was good. And yeah, well, uh, that was easy for us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a wonderful day, and there's some good fall golf left. Uh, listen, have fun out there. And don't hurt yourself. And and come on back, and you're you're going to be back here for the the finale of Golf Talk Canada Ryder Cup wrap up TV show, right? Yeah, we'll be back. I'll see you guys on Tuesday, one hour recap show, and uh, we'll see how bad this slaughtering is. Uh, maybe you know, right now, what's it looking at now? Three one right now with flags on the boards. So Three one be over before it even starts uh, tomorrow. So. Hopefully not. Hopefully we have something to watch tomorrow, guys. We'll see you in a few days. That's going to be entertaining, that's for sure. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys. There he is, uh, Mark Sacchino down in Washington District in Columbia. When we come back, we'll recap what's going on at the Ryder Cup, and we'll wrap up another edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. And it's Weeks and Scully here with our final segment. Before we go back onto the TV side, well, actually, you're going home to bed. I have. You've been up here <laughs> since 2 o'clock, or you've been up since 1 o'clock. Yeah, that's been early. Kind of uh, on a different time zone, almost, isn't it? A little bit, and it looks like some of the American players are also on a bit of a different time zone. That, that's a little harsh. Give us an update. Well, so uh, we have the U.S. leading in one match, and we have the Europeans leading in two. So the Europeans are leading Stenson and Rose, one up through eight on uh, DJ and Brooks Kepka. Molinari and Fleetwood now three up on the dangerous duo of Woods and DeChambeau. Watson and Simpson are two up through six on Sergio and Norin, who were so good uh, Friday afternoon. And McElroy and Ian Poulter, a fiery Rory McIlroy, we should add, this mm-hmm. afternoon. And Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are now all square. Uh, pretty curious. I mean, Tiger's now three down through six. He's looking at being 0-3. Uh, maybe he hasn't quite had the, the help from his partners, but his swing just hasn't quite looked the same this week, has it? 
Yeah, you know, I saw Brandel Chambly mentioned that as well. I mentioned it yesterday that it looked like his backswing was a little bit shorter than it was on mm-hmm. last Sunday. I'm, I'm certainly not a golf pro like Bryson or like uh, Chambly is, but uh, it just looked to me like he seemed a bit, bit quicker with it. Qu- yeah, the, the transition seemed a little faster for sure. Anyway, it's uh, it is curious, and it's it's always curious as to understand why he just does not play well in the Ryder Cup overall. Mm-hmm. His record is is pretty mediocre to be all things to be considered and. Yeah, and and uh, it's it's very curious. But his singles record is four one and two, so I'm curious. You know, the, the U.S. They're, they're gonna unless there's some sort of miracle this afternoon, they're gonna be trailing uh, by at least two points. You would think. Um, so you would think they're gonna front load their lineup in some way, shape, or form. And in terms of performances this week thus far, you look at Justin Thomas, you look at Jordan Spieth. Um, <laughs> Maybe Ricky yeah. Fowler. Uh, I mean, I, I, Tiger's been okay, just hasn't had any help from his partners, I think. So I, I think I still think you put him maybe in your top six. I don't know. It's an interesting strategy to know what you do and where you put your guys, right? Yeah. Sometimes you think about front-loading it. Sometimes you back-load it. You want to try and get the best matchups you can. And, of course, with this one, as opposed to the President's Cup, where it's one side reveals and the other side matches, then that side reveals and the other mm-hmm. side matches, this one is a blind draw. So you put your guys... Your 12 in order, they put their 12 in order, and you go head-to-head and face off. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's interesting to see what ends up happening. I, I don't know. It's um, If there was a matchup, a singles matchup, that you would love to see tomorrow, what would it be? I'd still love to see Tiger and Rory go mano a mano. Um, I know Rory's spoken about it, you know, and, and a lot of these guys have spoken about it, but wanting to go one-on-one with Tiger. And, of course, he did that last week. And Tiger whooped him. And he whooped Justin Rose. And, he, and I'm sure Justin Rose would love a piece of Tiger. And, of course, Tiger whooped him last week as well. So I'm sure a lot of guys would want to see that. I wouldn't mind seeing a a, a Reed and Ian Poulter showdown. That'd be good. Uh, there'd be a lot of shushing going on, that's for sure. Yeah, that's and, and maybe Reed could go a full round without you know, an, an F-bomb pretty loud uh, in one of the tees as well. Or, or w- without shushing a fan for making a birdie to have a hole and not win a hole. Have a hole. What, what about you, Bob? Uh, I mean, I think I think a good marquee matchup might be something like Fleetwood and, and Woods. Oh, right yeah. Now match that one up yep. and just see if see what would go on there. you got a rookie against a very experienced mm-hmm. guy. Um, it might be interesting to see Phil and Sergio again. Again. Uh, do round two. And I think Sergio might have the advantage in that one, if judging by what we've seen so far. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm sort of sitting here looking right now. If it, if it ends right now the way it is, it's, it's uh, ten and a half. To, five and uh, a half, right? Yeah, five and a half. And I kind of s- trying to sit there and see if there's a way back. I mean, you can do the Ben Crenshaw. I got a good uh, feeling. I got that. a good feeling kind of thing. But I don't know. It's It just, to me, doesn't seem like there's a way back right now for the American team unless guys play a lot better than they have been playing, which is possible. Yeah, and, and you know, it just seems like the guys just haven't had any momentum. And this almost... Reminds me a little bit of the first half of the 2012 Ryder Cup when the U.S. was absolutely dominating the Europeans. They were up 10-4 on Saturday afternoon until Ian Poulter went on a birdie barrage. They're down 10-4. Miracle at Medina? Miracle at Medina. So I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but I feel like the States just need... They just need some momentum. We've only seen some pretty crazy celebrations from uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau had a little bit of that. I don't think we've seen Tiger smile in two days. No, uh, you know, and and obviously that had to do with his partners not really showing up 
for them thus far. But I feel like if, if they can get out of this, even 10-6. Yeah, to, maybe. Just to have a foursome session because they have been so awful at foursomes, you know, yesterday and in the past years as well. So it's going to be a fun couple of days. So here's my great story about the Miracle Medina. That took place at the same time as the NHL strike. So there was a bunch oh, of hockey, that's right. some hockey players down there. So I have a few friends who are hockey players mm-hmm. and ran into Scotty Upshaw and uh, Joffrey Lupul mm-hmm. and Shane O'Brien. So we were chatting. We were having some fun. And it was hard to see. And we had a golf cart. So there was a drivable par four. I think I want to say it was like the 11th or 12th hole. And we parked our cart and the guys were all standing on our cart to get a look. So Joffrey Lupul is standing right in front of me on this cart. And Keegan Bradley teed off and hit this ball. And he goes, and I can hear, I can't really see, but Lupul's going, oh, it's coming right for us, coming right for us, look out. And he, I swear to you, he moved his head about three inches left, and the ball went right by, would have hit him square in the head. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, boy, the GM of, of the Leafs is probably, I can't remember who it was at that point, it's probably just... It might have been a, Brian Burke at that but point. But having a heart attack <laughs> if he knew what was going on with those guys. And then as oh. the day, I remember we were standing there watching the early groups go through, and all of a sudden I'm looking at the scoreboard, and I'm going, uh-oh, Luke Donald just won. Uh oh! Yeah, somebody else just There's more blue. And so I said, "Guys, get off the cart! Get off the cart! We got to go to work." And, yeah, uh, and that was uh, an amazing story to watch that come. Yeah, back. it was unbelievable to see that happen. And I, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen again here. Uh, having said that, there is another red on the board with uh, Spieth and Thomas now one up through six on Poulter and Rory McIlroy. Uh, but we'll see if if uh, you know we'll see if Tiger can get back against Fleetwood and Molinari. He's been. Faced off against them each of his first three matches, and they've been unstoppable thus far. But it's been a, a it's been a fun couple of days, and Sunday's going to be great as well. Well, we uh, will find out what happens as these ones wrap up, and we'll uh, check in again tomorrow on TSN. Of course, the broadcast we have mm-hmm. all the coverage of the singles matches that'll start tomorrow, six a.m. Eastern, six a.m. Eastern, and we will be back on uh, Golf Talk Canada Television on Tuesday for the wrap up for one hour wrap up, and again back here on Golf Talk Canada Radio next Saturday. Thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the Ryder Cup. Hit it long and straight. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.